1: Hey guys, welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown, Thursday, May 18th. I'm your host, Jake Burns. I'm going to be joined by Andrew Spade here in just a minute. Uh, Just a reminder, if you have not had time to go check out the OBR website, where we have quite a few things going on of interest, uh, including running back week, where ironically, we didn't really get anything up on running backs, but Jack Duffin's been doing a pretty good job going through the future of the position. There's a lot to be settled with that running back position still. It feels like some sort of move is out there. Uh, remaining I don't know what yet but we are looking a little bit ahead there I am going to post something tomorrow on Nick Chubb running from uh, the shotgun what it looks like in the in the past of his career uh, what it will potentially look like in the future Uh try to add that element in there so that'll be available for you tomorrow but really as we sit here it's ironically a pretty boring position because it used to feel like the Browns had the elite running back tandem in the league for a while and then uh, Kareem Hunt went off a very steep cliff of production and is all of a sudden now no no longer in the mix. They didn't draft a guy when we thought they might draft a guy. It's just a weird uh, vibe around the position where it feels like the Browns are moving away from the importance of running back based on a lot of their decision making this offseason and what they have invested at quarterback and wide receiver. So we didn't want to skip the running back room. They still deserve our love and they'll be a part of the conversation today. Brad Steinbrook did an exclusive interview with Tony Fields. Really, really good conversation with Tony Fields and uh, the linebacker, giving his thoughts on Jim short's defense, his uh, unique relationship with his father and some of the funny stories that have gone along with that uh, viral moment they had last season in Houston. And then uh, some thoughts on him becoming a veteran. It's, It's really good stuff. So go check that one out. And then we got information on Cedric Tillman's contract officially arriving. Jack Duffin broke that down. The only rookie still unsigned at this point is Siaki Ika. So when we get that, we'll also pass that along to you. And then if you did miss it also, we had a uh, film room. I did the film room on DeWan Jones, which I promise this week, I, uh, in the next few days, will give a little bit more of a deeper detail dive on on what I saw from Dewan and what I'm concerned about. But I want to give OBR subscribers a chance for those who are loyal to us, a chance to read that and soak it in ahead of time. So that's what's going on at the OBR. Andrew, I welcome you in now. What's up, man? How's your... Uh... How's your EA Sports PGA Golf game? Get, is it getting better? I haven't told I haven't told the public that, that I'm, I'm one up right now on you. We, we played one match and I'm leading uh, so far.
2: It's not getting better; it's getting worse because, oh like, the more that you play, the more the inconsistency of it drives you crazy. So, like, it is probably overall better, but the 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 bad hurts much worse when you're, you know what I mean? Like, if you've yeah. Like I, I, uh, I was, I was playing this evening a little bit and I, I, uh, I yanked like a eight foot birdie putt, right. You know, cause I just didn't, I didn't, the, 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 actual stick movement was bad, you know, and, uh, it just feels, it just feels much worse when you're in position to score and you don't, I mean, I guess that applies to a lot of areas of life. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, well, it applies <laughs> to this weekend with the U S open, uh, going on exactly well, so. right. Precisely. Yeah. So <laughs> put that
2: all together. Yeah, exactly. Um anyway, uh yeah, no, I I I uh I am I'm probably playing more and and just enjoying myself less, which is the beauty of video games really is when you can you know, you do it enough that it just makes you feel worse about yourself as a person. That's that's the sweet spot. Well, what I've noticed
1: about that game, so I played 2K's golf game a lot and I don't know if you have, but in 2K's game I feel like it's a bit more I know what I did wrong for the shot, not to go where I thought it was going to go. And EA's is inconsistent with that, which I was hoping they would fix in an update, but it doesn't seem like they have gotten to. So we've talked about video games a lot to start this pod. I don't know if you're into golf video games out there, but you have a little bit of feedback. It's a beautiful game. It's a great game. It's fun. They Mm -hmm. have to expand some of their online opportunities, which are very limited, actually laughably limited. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's a great baseline for what could be a pretty good golf game over time. Just hopefully they get there. So there you go. You checked in for... Uh, reviews on golf games, and that's what you got. And we're going to review the Browns' offense, actually. So much of the time we have been talking about bigger Browns' moves, we have been going through defense because that's where, if you take out Elijah Moore, uh, which, was a, which was a very big move, and I want to say that they haven't done a single thing on offense, but most of the bigger moves have come on the defensive side of the football. So when Andrew and I are sitting here talking before the show, going over the usual conversation of what the hell do you want to talk about, we got to this point of arriving at have they done enough for the offense to be good, right? Defense has gone through huge changes, reshaping edge, reshaping defensive tackle, uh, adding multiple safeties, focusing uh, draft picks in that direction. So we're talking about a lot of changes to the defense. We don't really know. We have an idea of what we think Jim Schwartz is going to do. We got to still see it in action on the offensive side. There's a lot of the same, Some things have changed, but my question as we sit here, Andrew is it's a pretty clear path to how the defense is going to be better. New coordinator, new thought process, new players in a lot of key positions, improved talent, improved Mm -hmm. depth. It's pretty obvious that they should get better, but the offense getting better is super mysterious. Uh, They have no real staff changes other than adding Bill Musgrave as an offensive analyst, which uh, if you're looking to get hyped up about one of those types of moves, you, you probably shouldn't. He's uh uh, and a lifer. He's been around the, the football. For, he's been around football for a while. He's running Cal's offense. Now I understand Cal wasn't sitting there producing supreme talent to compete in the PAC 12, but an uninspiring group. Uh, I see where they liked some of the things that he did there. And that might be a draw to what they're looking to do. But as we sit here and look at the offense, I'm going to give you the, the blanket question and we'll dive into the sort of the, the, the granular details in a moment, but have, do you, do you think that I, th- I think the best way to put this, what's your confidence level that the Browns offense has done enough to be better, like done enough, not hypothetical sense. We think they're going to do X, Y, and Z, but have they done enough personnel wise or is there enough there already uh, to be significant, not significant, Would well, they need to be significantly better. Andrew, I think we would agree. They need to be significantly better, right? Are they, is it, have they done enough? That's the question.
2: Yeah. Um, well, I, I want to answer that question, Jake, but I also want to take this opportunity to do a classic redirect because your intro made me think of another question, which I think is totally relevant to this discussion, which is uh, which side of the ball right now is more talented for the Browns?
1: Oh, that's a good one.
2: Um, So more talented. I, I don't – off the top
1: of my head, I would say talent – leans deep Mm, god that's hard maybe it's even andrew i I think that that i you look at like position by position i mean on offense the browns have guys who have been to the pro bowl at quarterback running back Mm -hmm. guard an all-pro tackle an all-pro guard uh i think ethan did ethan postage get awarded a a pro bowl nod this year i can't remember maybe not you might have Um, white teller both both guards have been to the pro bowl i think Wyatt was like a fringe all pro he might have had a Mm -hmm. second team all pro we Mm -hmm. know amari cooper's had elite. Recognition before. So that's a lot on offense. You switch to defense, Adarius and Miles both now. Mm -hmm. Alvin Tomlinson, a lot of credit. Linebackers blank, but the corners are very talented. Maybe I think you probably lean offense, Mm -hmm. but I think you lean that the upside of what they could be Mm -hmm. based on the ascending level of some of the town on that defense leans
2: toward the defense,
1: if that makes sense at all.
2: There's a lot more young talent on defense, it feels like, right? But you talk about Greg Newsom, MJ Emerson. Even a guy like Juan Thornhill probably hasn't played his best season yet. Um, Even
1: Denzel's like 24, 25. Yeah, he's Denzel. So really yeah,
2: Okoronquo, ok- uh, right? Yeah. Um, and J.O.K. I think, you know, uh, if he becomes what we thought he could be out of college, he could be a Pro Bowl player, all pro player at his absolute peak. Maybe all pro is a stretch, but, uh, you know, he's, he's certainly got the raw talent. Um, yeah. So it's yeah, it's just you you kind of talking about the you know what they've done on defense just kind of made me realize like I think we have assumed for a while that it was the offense that really you know was the talented side of the ball and it was like they were going to let the defense figure it out you know all the way back to 2020 when it was Andrew Sendejo and uh, you know uh, Javier Thomas and Robert Jackson playing cornerback in the playoffs and you know uh, Olivier Vernon and I mean just you know kind of it's kind of a motley crew. Um, it felt like that was the way they were going to build it. But, man, the defense, they've really loaded up. And, I mean, to your point, I know we're not here to talk about the defense, but it's just interesting that, you know, that that Smith move really moved them into the tier of, I think, one of the, you know, on a talent-wise and potential-wise, to your point, potential-wise, one of the more interesting defenses in the league. Um, and, I, you know, I, just, I had a flash today, and I know, again, we're not talking about the defense, but I just had a flash today of, like, Oh, you're damn right. We're
1: talking about the defense.
2: (laughs) If, if Jim Schwartz can really do what, you know, the best case scenario, they really could, could absolutely hit the stratosphere. You think about the, what I was thinking about was I was listening to the athletic football show and they were talking about the Cowboys under Dan Quinn. And it's like, if he can do, if Schwartz can do for the Browns, what Quinn did for the Cowboys, I mean, look out, right? Like it could be absolutely electric on defense. So, all right, put that aside, uh, you, you know, and I, I know that you've alluded to Which this. It should be.
1: I, I want to cut you off real quick. Before yeah, you sure, dive go in. ahead. Yeah, go it go should
2: ahead. be, right? Like, we kind
1: of have, we hold back from thinking the defense can be better. And I think largely, when I continue to look in reverse, it feels like Joe Woods was holding them back. I, I mean, he's, he's like an NBA coach who can take you, and I kind of lean this way with like J.B. Bickerstaff right now. Yeah, he can yeah. take you to a spot. Uh, almost like a David Blatt right before Ty Lue, or like he they needed somebody who could take them places they haven't been unlock mm-hmm. levels they haven't been unlocked and I feel like this is the case with Schwartz so that's why when people ask me should I be excited about the defense you have no reason to be apprehensive other than if you want to do what every team could ever have happened at all which is injuries it can happen to any team at any moment you never know so like I just think you should be really excited about where that where the defense is going in general. And uh, and I, I have no reason to be like, oh, you know, slow down a little bit, this, this and this like, no, they should be really damn good. And that that um Dan Quinn comparison is is so accurate. That's the kind of reversal of, of fortunes that you're looking for and why they go out and they they make that sort of move. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing holding that defense back from unlocking levels that we haven't seen, and you should be. Uh, again, the outlook is positive until it's just not producing. Which, again, we talked. I think we either we talked about this. or yeah, I talked with did. someone else. So, yeah. like, if they don't perform yeah. this year, yeah, I just won't know what to yeah. do. What's I, I really what's the move? Yeah, I have no clue what the yeah, move. Exactly. I, what I would like to ask Jim Schwartz before I throw it back to you and your your where you were going with that is how does this defense you're arriving into with Cleveland compare to your first defense with Philadelphia? Great. Did you feel like you had more Mm -hmm. to do to get them where you wanted to go? Or is this, does this feel similar from a talent perspective of just ready to hit the ground rolling and do the things you want to do? That would be, that would be my question. So yeah, I wrap up defense that, that way, but yeah, they're, they're, they're talented, man. There's a couple little spots that you could get nervous about if you want to, but that's just everywhere you can't have right. you're not going to have elite right. groups on every level of your defense so
2: well i tell you yeah, what Jake, you. Let's, let's you and me drive let's meet up in in west virginia in late J- july and 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 yell at jim schwartz from over a fence or something
1: yeah we can do that we should just holler at him try to get his attention so okay, man, i came out i got a question
2: yeah just just Some one questions. just one just one you got five yeah. minutes He's probably into that idea. Sure. Would uh, yeah. Do really well. I think those like NFL teams, from what I understand, they like to be heckled.
1: Yeah. That's the thing. They, they enjoy it. They, they mm-hmm. are really responsive to people doing mm-hmm. things they, they don't like. That's what mm-hmm. I've come to yeah. understand like about the Browns. It. They don't like so it reach out. Yeah. Won't yeah. Reach that's out right. Or anything.
2: No, they will not. They will <laughs> just let it slide. <laughs> exactly. No yeah. They're, they're, they're big on forgive and forget. Hmm. Mm-hmm. huh. Okay. Uh. So, <laughs> has the offense done enough? Um. <laughs> uh. You know, I. I think. You know, it, the obviously, and I know that you kind of already talked talked through this, but you know, the obvious uh, what place to go with this is is that most of what they need to do is happening, you know, now and will continue to happen in the offseason, and we won't know until they're on the field because it's not personnel, it's scheme right um so but 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 putting that aside right because that's you know what fun would it be for us to sit here and talk about something we can't answer um talking about personnel you know i think the 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 real unanswered question the question they haven't answered is is what happens at running back but if you look at the other questions that needed answered coming into the off season you know there was a there was a question at tight end did you did you have enough? You know, at tight end, Jordan Akins is a great answer to that question in my mind. You know, and a, yeah. and a veteran, a veteran presence who has been there and done it, right? Um, and and there was you know there was a question of, I'm 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 you know sort of listing the smaller questions first, right? There was a question about Ethan Posich, you know, do you re-sign him? Obviously, they answered that right off the jump, you know, and they have added a little bit of guard depth, you know, um, so that they have some guys behind their guys. Uh, you know, they've got obviously the, you know, the, the tackle depth now with the the two, two draftees plus Joe Haig behind yep. their starters there. And they picked up Jed Will's option. Those were sort of the smaller questions. And then the big question was, you know, are they going to run this wide receiver core back or are they going to try and revamp this thing on the fly with their, limited resources while also trying to fix the defense. And I think, you know, obviously the selection of Cedric Tillman kind of really answered that question. The Elijah Moore trade was necessary. The Cedric Tillman pick wasn't, I guess is the way that Mm -hmm. I would put it. Right. And so picking Tillman there with your first pick in the draft really, I think speaks to their understanding of where they were deficient last year. Um, and, and now I, you know, I, I know that there's, there was a real yo-yo thing with Donovan Peoples Jones where, I mean, I, I know I was live on draft night and said, Oh, does this mean Donovan Peoples Jones is out the door? And, you know, I think that's sort of a natural overreaction and then the natural pullback is of course not, (laughs) of course, of course not. They like good players. He's a good player. He'll be here this year. Right. And so, so now we're kind of just at a place where they have depth at wide receiver where they didn't last year. Uh, you know, you add in Marquise Goodwin, and you really have sufficient depth to absorb. I mean, knock on wood, right? To to absorb an injury or two. Um, so, from you know, the only remaining question personnel wise in my mind is what they do at running back. And and you know, they've they've talked up Jerome Ford a lot. He was very impressive as a kickoff returner last year. So I I'm not you know I think there's been a a, a lot of people saying you can't go into the season with him as your backup. I I think it would be okay. So overall, if the question is just on the personnel side, my answer is yes, they have done enough.
1: Yeah, there that's all very well laid out, right? It's 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 not done enough. I guess the question I would go further with you is Yeah. Do you think that this is now on par? Can they do enough? Can they be as good as the elites? Because mm. You're not just talking. If this was an NFC conversation, I think it's different, but you're, I'm not going to tell you folks things that you don't already know, but the KCs, the, the, the the Cincinnati's, do you think they can do those things? Because that's what they have to be aspiring to do. You can improve your defense and plug holes. And I'm all about, I'm all about it. You need it. We see it every year in the playoffs and it gets late in the playoffs. You need a defense that can do actual things, right? We Mm -hmm. feel like they're in place to now do now do that. The, the degree to which they end up being a top whatever defense we'll see. But they're at least now, I look at that side, I see more than competence. I see a group that should be pretty good. Defense has so much variance, turnovers, all that. But they're, they have talent, and that talent should manifest itself with the smart guy leading them. But when I look at offense, there's two things that come to mind. The first question I have for you, and I'll kind of respond to it once you're done, is how much faith do you have that they can reorganize this offense? Because if they try to run this damn thing back the way they did it last year, mm-hmm. It's borderline fireable from the start, and I hate doing that. I
2: hate it, <laughs> but you're not I, wrong. I hate
1: it, but you're not wrong. But if they come out and they're doing the same things in the same manner,
2: oh, it'll be a. I'm going stomach. to be. Yeah. Furious. you'll be nauseous you will you'll be nauseous imagine so how they... much
1: faith how much faith do you have that they're going to just be they they came out in that Texans game and they were doing so many things I wanted to see them keep doing they were doing yep. the RPO re-flat wheel stuff and it didn't look good because of course it doesn't look good right. you haven't done that stuff since camp probably you haven't right. had Watson in the building long enough for it to be good it was ugly and then they just went away from it completely which mm. drove me kind of nuts like why would you go into Houston with this and then just be done with it get better at it so you have a feel for it as a play caller when to call it how to call it why to call it and like they just abandoned it and went back to a lot of what kevin is at his core so my my fear and hopefully bill musgrave's arrival helps with this somewhat but there's no other indicator that Mm -hmm. they're just like we talk about and the buzzword thrown around this offseason andrew is the browns are gonna have a new scheme on offense and i don't know who else i mean i feel like i was the I don't know. I'm living in my own bubble, but I feel like I was the first person kind of pulling for this. Like at the end of the year, you and I and uh, on the post game shows were yeah. saying this. They yeah. need to change how they structure their offense. They have to change it. Now this whole thing has happened this offseason where Deshaun's like, yeah, it's going to look different, and then people are like, well, they're going to have a new scheme. I don't know, man. I'm I'm like I I want to believe that, but then I get to the point where how comfortable is Kevin getting away from what Kubiak has always done? It's, it's his bread and butter. It's what he knows. Again, he grew up playing defense. Mm -hmm. He came into the NFL. And uh, obviously when he got into the NFL was coaching some tight ends, different things, he's been exposed to some different kinds of offenses, but not, not a ton, man. And like, that's why I was hoping for a new OC or somebody who has a fresh perspective on this and a more rich background in some of these things. They didn't do that. And I'm not saying that, that, that uh, you know, Alex Van Pelt and, um, you know, him and he, he can't go out with with Kevin and they can't solve this. Th- th- there's no doubt they can solve it. But I'm just I'm nervous to be like two feet in on the hell. Yeah, this thing is going to look different. It's going to be completely different. And how, how are you feeling about that? I mean, I don't I don't know. I just I, I'm apprehensive about it myself personally, even though I think they're saying the right things. You know what I mean?
0: Just go to indeed.com/slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Bluewire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed.
2: I, I just want to speak first to the emotion of it, right? Um you know, you kind of touched on it, the what it would feel like to to be sitting sitting watching the Bengals game, you know, and it's like mid second quarter and and you know they're they're starting to kind of go back to some of their pin pull, you know, power run stuff. You yeah, under know, center like,
1: running wide zone. Like exactly yeah, exactly. Nonstop. Right. Like they're they're
2: getting they're they're down t- they're down like 10 3 and they're yeah and they're running out under center and it's like is this are we are we doing this? You know, like it would feel pit I I said before it would it would feel pity your pit pit in your stomach uh, you know, um, like a knot in the pit of your stomach, nauseous, like, because that's that is. There's no clearer sign, Jake, that the 2023 season is going to be miserable than if that's how things go qu- early, right? Like, and I yeah. people are going to say that that's doom saying, and that's you know, no, uh, it's not. We watched really- too much of it, exactly. No. Like, and 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 it's you know, Stefanski has been here for three full seasons. We know his mo, and I think that there's. I think that there's. I think there's legitimate concern that, you know, and, and I think to your point about what happened in Houston, it probably wouldn't be the Cincinnati game. It might be like at Pittsburgh or if if they're 0-2 going into week three where they start to try and go back to what he's most familiar with. Um, but, but I think there's legitimate concern at times during his tenure as Browns head coach, his play calling has gotten, I don't want to say conservative in the sense of, you know, not taking chances because he loves to take a shot, right? But uh it
1: runs out of layers, Andrew. I'll it, say it for it, you. It, yes. it runs you. out of layers. Yeah, it's a great offense when you're trying to to take a quarterback by the hand and guide them to places. It right. worked for Baker Mayfield. And why did you know you might say to yourself, Well, Jake, why do you praise it? Like you've praised him and you pra- because He was doing this with, he was doing this with like a a weight on his leg where he was trying to run, but he had heavy shoes. Like the quarterback situation was never going to allow it. So you do like that offense bringing it in. Why did you like it with Baker? Because it made the game simpler for Baker, a very limited quarterback, both mentally and physically, made it simpler. Uh, It allowed them to use Nick Chubb in a way that exposed a lot of the best parts of his game, right? There's a lot of reasons why it was successful and why it worked for Jacoby Brissett to an extent, but you could see when things broke down or they played against a defensive coordinator who knew it, it runs out of answers and you just, you you, then you get in these drives where you can just feel when they're coming on the field, like our schematic answers are dead. We have nothing. We have things that teams have a feel are coming and it might work out if you call it at the right time against the perfect coverage, but it's, You can feel it deflating. You you just can't. It's just a palpable thing you can notice. So, like, what they need to be doing now is going away from that. And why? Why would you? You know, again, why would you say that? Well, they have a different type of quarterback. They have a quarterback that that begets transition to a more fancy style. Not a fancy is not the right word. Just a more nuanced approach to the diverse things you can do. And what I mean by that is. Sprinkles of RPO sprinkles of what Kevin knows sprinkles of, of uh, air raid. You, you can do so many more things with Deshaun than you could do with Baker and Jacoby. And that's why you paid him. So if you paid him that money to come in and be a difference maker, and you're not curtailing the, the way you're doing your things here to fit him and give him every single schematic wrinkle advantage possible then what are you doing, man? Like, what are you, like, what? It would be an absolute, they're under center doing three-step drop stick stick spacing is what I call it. From under center in the second quarter of the Bengals game, I'm going to throw my headset. Like, I'm going to be so furious that, like, this is what you guys are doing. It should, I'm not saying they need to come out and be like triple option. It looks crazy different than (laughs) they've ever done. Not saying that. It's some things are going to look really similar, but I can tell you, I had a feel for what the Browns were going to do last year. They had four different run styles that they preferred. They dress it up with some window dressing and do it a little differently here and there. And they had about four or five core passing concepts. They like now when they got a lead and they could be really deceptive off of play action, they could get nuanced, but that's the problem. You do not jump into gigantic leads in the NFL that often to do that stuff. So they need to be diverse. They need to be unique and they need to be creative because that's the quarterback you have gives you that rare opportunity i'm not saying it needs to be copy paste what andy reed does but it is it, the the way you watch kansas city and you're like these guys just have they're bunching their their alignments they'll bunch alignments to create release advantages they'll do you know high motion to create these uh, horizontal stretches we need to be breaking that down how they're doing those creative things that are not what a fan will see on tv and be able to just decipher you need to have the browns having some guys run open where you're like you know, you watch chiefs games, you watch those, you know, sometimes, like, how the hell is that guy that wide open? They need to do more. So defenses have less of a feel what they're doing and they can be creative and and, and thrive off of the opportunities that being uniquely diverse creates. Mm -hmm. And you're not held back by, Oh, we can't do that RPO stuff because the quarterback can't do, Oh, we can't do, you know, we can't do this three, the, the five step gun stuff with the three layer read because the quarterback can't process it quick enough you know, Deshaun can get through it and he can, he can find a way to create extensions and play. Like they're just need It needs to look different. I don't know. I don't know what, if I'm not even answering the question I originally asked you, (laughs) I don't know what my confidence level in is, it is in that question right now, but I'm at the point where if it doesn't come to fruition, yeah, I'm really nervous. I'm I mean, I will be to the point where it's like, this is going in a bad place, man. Even if they're winning, even if the results look good at times mm-hmm. it would turn in the, 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 the results look good. I would be worried about that process. And I'd start asking myself, is he the eventual answer long-term at head coach slash play caller? That's right. what right. I would start doing.
2: Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, the reason that there's not confidence is because we haven't, I mean, you, you touched on this a little bit. We haven't seen him do it right. It, it was, it was Kirk cousins as a play caller. It's been Kirk cousins, Baker Mayfield, Jacoby Brissett, Deshaun Watson coming off of a two year, Absence, basically, right. That that's to be
1: fair, they do deserve time. They they deserve this window now, absolutely to get there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want
2: anyone to listen to us and be
1: like, no, absolutely. Like you said earlier, doomsday. This is their first now with Deshaun full board ahead. It's tough to change things. We did see. I will say again, I'm a little uh, uh, optimistic, Andrew. That we did see that stuff in the Houston game. It looked ugly, but I was so happy because we saw it.
2: Yeah, I'm excited to think that they could be doing more of that. Well, let's 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 talk about that for just a second. What's your best guess for why that didn't happen? Because no idea. To me, no idea. To me, the only thing that I can think is that the rest of the team was so uncomfortable with it, and the and the tape review that week after that game was like the guys don't know where they're they're not they don't know where they're supposed to be. Yeah, where you know we got away with it against the Texans, but we're going to get exposed against a better team right because yeah. wasn't it yeah am i wrong and it was it was the next week was cincinnati it was cincinnati the next week it was very limited i think they ran
1: one of them and then i didn't see any of them the rest of the year so to your yeah. point yes they probably sat down and said too much too fast doesn't we we feel right. our do line can't, can't get it. there yeah there's a lot changing already because deshaun's a different type of quarterback who began you know right. who brings in a different approach to your offensive line play how long they have to block how they have to feel out that your quarterback's holding onto the ball traditionally a little longer than other times, right? You know, your wide receivers mm-hmm. have to feel out scramble drills a little bit more of an opportunity thing than it was in previous years or with Jacoby. So they probably thought too much too fast. Yes. We will reel this in for now. Let's bring it back next year. But let's just get Deshaun, because that RPO reflat wheel stuff is tricky. It's, it's snap, yeah. snap, snap, snap decision. Right. Not that Deshaun right. wasn't used to doing it, but your first game back, that's like, you get, games moving a mile a minute again everything's right. kind of happening quickly and i could see right. why they're like "eh, let's just yeah put this in the shelf and come back with it when we get more time to be a harmonious unit doing it That the right. reason i'm optimistic they want to is because i really think that they were like hell yeah let's get this <laughs> thing rolling you <laughs> got let's the roll guy out right now yeah, exactly yeah right. i, I yes. really i really mm-hmm. do think that that's a positive angle of that whole yep. thing so yeah. um yeah i mean th- there's no reason to think they won't the, 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 if you want to yeah. lean away from it because they didn't make any coaching staff changes. Ma- ma- sure. I get that. And I've thought about it yeah. too. And said about said it the same here, but mm-hmm. they did show that they want to do it. So let's hope that they're spending time now perfecting how to do it.
2: Yeah. And I would just say, you know, to the coaching point, I mean, it's not just that they didn't bring somebody in other than bill Musgrave. They also lost. I mean, they lost drew Petsing, right? Like yeah. he, he, you know, he was the quarterback's coach and, and really, one of the only if not the only sort of young offensive mind on the staff Mm -hmm. uh and so you you know you replace him with a guy that's been around the NFL since the late 90s uh you know and, and played back in the 80s it's it it feels you know it has the feeling a little bit of and I know this is an unflattering comparison but of like a Pat Shermer staff Mm-hmm. where it's like oh i know that guy that guy was that guy was the you know that guy was the offensive coordinator of the buccaneers in 1987 or whatever you know it's like <laughs> like these guys have been there and done that and it's not to say that that's necessarily a bad thing but it is to say that the nfl especially on the offensive side lives on what's new and you know to your point from earlier deshaun watson as a quarterback gives you you know all of the op- opportunity that you could possibly want to do You know the the most sort of cutting edge, you know, college ish. Spread them out. You know, manipulating space, uh, attacking multiple levels, uh, all the buzzwords, right? Just like a a wheelbarrow full of buzzwords. Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson allows you to do that. And the idea that you know you don't bring anybody in from college, you don't bring anybody in from a different NFL team who's young and looking for an opportunity, and instead you bring in another backup quarterback from the '80s. It's like, okay, all right. Well, and, and, you know, some people made the point after Musgrave was hired that what they were, I think you, you maybe uh, looked at a little bit of Cal tape. They were, they were running a lot out of shotgun. So it might be as simple as that, right? That like, he's, he's here to help them figure out shot the shotgun run game. Cause I think you're working on that for tomorrow. It has been rough when Nick Chubb has run out of shotgun for the past three or four years.
1: Actually, it's surprisingly not. Um... Oh, I'm happy to be wrong. Yeah, well, he was third in the NFL in rushing yards and first in yards per attempt in 2019 from the gun. Okay, Uh, then they just went away from it completely in 20 and 21. Obviously, 2019 was Freddie Kitchens. Yeah, so Kevin's first two years, he didn't want anything to do with it. Like Nick had, I know he was hurt for a stretch in 2020. He was 60th in number of rush attempts from the gun. He only ran 32 times for 85 yards. In 21, he ran 50 or sorry, 37 times for 217. That was 33rd in attempts in the league. Uh, so he upticked just a little bit, but not much. But then last year he was uh fifth in rushing yards from the gun, 587, okay. 92 carries first in yards per attempt, six yards per attempt. So well, you, again, you can
2: edit this. So you just go back and say, <laughs> I'm not taking that playing. out. It's okay. Oh, that's a
1: thing that I, cool. I think that's why we're having that discussion. This, this is because... me with
2: my six iron in PGA.
1: <laughs> no, I think it's a good discussion. I really, yeah, I really, yeah, I really yeah, yeah. think that people are probably thinking the same and that's why I wanted to go. Cause I, I didn't know when I went into it, I just remembered him being pretty good and, 2019 from it um right, right. but i i wanted to look at last year and yeah like kevin has again shown a willingness to run more from the gun and that tells us now i think they need to diversify their schematic stuff from the gun they really only ran lateral you probably saw many times where like kareem hunt was blown up in the backfield they're running lateral runs and they hit some big ones from it it's just called pin pull right they pin uh, either a tackle gets uh the edge pinned by somebody you know like a tight end or a wide receiver cracks down the edge and they're looping around and leading right the browns usually pull two they sometimes pull a center and a guard or two guards it was everything was really working laterally so you didn't see any of that like inside zone stuff like they haven't run inside zone has not been a thing that kevin has done and -hmm. nick hasn't really run it very much in his career so if you're saying like well do a lot of what philadelphia does right rpos with inside zone paired to it and really the chiefs do some inside zone stuff too it's simple it's the most popular high school and college football running scheme anymore uh, we'll see if they want to actually start doing a little more of that the Bengals did a lot of it you know those there's a lot of examples of teams who have used it and used it well we'll see if they uptick in it but nick can do it i mean nick is so good at everything he'll figure it out he's always figured it out so he's he's fine he did inside zone stuff during his georgia days and uh, he just needs to continue to get reps there and exposure and practice settings and all of that but yeah I mean he's gonna be fine it's just a matter of like can they take that and make it something more can it be a core concept that they base their play action game off of and right. read, read option uh right. stuff off of and read pass run pass options off of all the all the layers that come with that can they make it a staple and build off of it so there is like again you're looking for signs of encouragement well another sign of encouragement is his uptick to fifth most rushing yards for nick from the gun last year and that's not in that doesn't even include the opportunities he gave kareem in that situation as well so more uh you know more i guess optimism from
2: two guys who maybe were sometimes trying to deal in pessimism a little bit (laughs) yeah i don't i don't even think to me it doesn't play on this the optimism pessimism scale i think it's just to me it's it's just realism it's it's if they don't have if the offense doesn't run it's the conversation we had the other day about the organizational power rankings. If the offense doesn't run and show off Deshaun Watson's strengths, the, the head coach is easier to replace than the quarterback. That's not mm-hmm. being optimistic. That's not being pessimistic. That's just telling you the facts of the situation. Stefanski has one more year on his deal after this. Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson has uh, the vast majority of his contract yet to go, and it's all guaranteed.
1: It is. It is. So the, the question, again, back to the core question here. Do you think they've done enough to compete with the elites of this conference, or or do you need to see is Elijah Moore got this level to be unlocked? Are you apprehensive because the O line should be really damn good? Yeah, should be really damn good. They have two elite guys in the backfield. They have Amari Cooper and weapons. David is a weapon. David, you know, kind of met a mini breakout when he was healthy last year, and and we know Jordan Akins is clearly a pretty damn gifted second tight end to put on the field as well. So I lean that. I lean that we're wired to be apprehensive about it, but again, just like the defense, I feel like we should have the same level of—I don't know if it's uh, confidence, but it's expectations, right? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, man. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I mean, I—I I think you no, know, I, I think it's hard to have confidence in either side of the ball. I think you know, I've been thinking about this a lot actually recently because the the fan base overall the theme this offseason seems to be like I don't care just show me show me wins like yeah, I don't I don't true. care I want to see eleven wins and and then I'll get excited again. Um you know and, and so I I think that's kind of the 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 general perception is like what would confidence even look like after twenty nineteen and that Tennessee game, right? And then us. that left it yeah oh absolutely that was that was brutal and then and then 2021 And, you know, they gave the Chiefs a game and then what happened against the Texans and and how that season unraveled, um, you know, is another one. And then and then, you know, you spend all year last year waiting to see Deshaun Watson come onto the field and he can't complete a pass in his first game back. It's like there have been multiple palpable examples of Browns fans being like, that's the thing. Once that happens, then our worries are over. And every time we're wrong. So at, at this point, I think the the feeling has got to be we got to see it from a talent perspective. They have done enough. There is enough talent on this offense that they should be a top 10 offense. And again, this is this is why it speaks to it's not optimism or pessimism. to talk about the coach being replaced, that the talent is there. I, I, I refuse to believe unless Deshaun Watson is fundamentally broken as a quarterback. And I can't see how that would be the case uh, unless he is. There's more than enough talent on this offense for them to be a top 10 unit if they aren't. It's a real it's a real real problem and it and it will point in my opinion, it will point more to scheme and execution than it will to talent.
1: And whether that's true or not, that's where it's gonna go. I mean, it just you <laughs> right. Have, There's also that part. <laughs> it, it just you'll well, they have all this talent and they do, right? Yeah, that's what was frustrating about like what the hell's wrong with the offensive line mm-hmm. last year. Well, mm-hmm. the thing is, teams had them figured out, and that's another element, man, that will really interest me. Is that Watson had made that point earlier this offseason about how he was used to making the line checks, everything toward the line of scrimmage, the protection calls, uh, everything that goes with that. And Kevin has never given Baker and Jacoby that ability. Now, he has a guy who says he's comfortable doing it. It makes him feel locked in. Right. Does he give him that? That would like, I don't know, turn the put the headphones on and listen to the first game with the sideline audio. And I'll probably, I have seen so much of what these quarterbacks (laughs) do in this offense with, they only say certain things and the center makes a lot of calls. Right. And the quarterbacks will only do the can rewind and little things. Sometimes like I've seen all of those. So if they get into the first game and Deshaun is pointing and doing more things, I'll probably end up hitting you up or we're watching it together live somehow. And like, this is, this is different. It's already, yeah. different and we'll probably notice that in the preseason mm-hmm. uh, as far as that because that's not a huge thing i mean it is a huge thing but it's not something where a team opposing team would be like ah oh, shit that's different we gotta no it's just it's just responsibilities right. landing in someone thing. else's yeah. lap and that's yeah. yeah that's a process of a coach and coordinator and head coach obviously here too um because that's all in one coming together and being like this is what i want to do this is what i feel best doing so and deshaun for all the faults has done really well explaining, articulating the game of football to people when asked. Mm-hmm. He has a smart football mind. Mm-hmm. So there to me, I would hope they can put that in the right place, put it that way. That'll yeah. be an early oh, I tell mean, in process. That,
2: and process. And I, it's, I'm so glad you brought this up because that is exactly the sort of thing like philosophically, process-wise, uh, if your quarterback wants to do something that helps him play better – Mm-hmm. I mean, I it, it feels pretty simple to me. You ought to let him do that, you know. Like Very I know simple. you you have ways that you like to do things, Kevin. But like, it seems pretty cut and dry that you know the the man is asking for it. And again, the Browns handed him two hundred and thirty million dollars guaranteed. Yeah. It's not like the Browns don't think he can do it, right? Like,
1: yeah, you the, paid him to do whatever he's
2: comfortable exactly. Doing. This is what we're talking about when we talk about the organizational power rankings. This is what we're talking about. Yeah. Is that this guy's got the juice in the organization that. If Kevin's like, no, I'm I'm going to let uh, Ethan take care of the line calls, Deshaun should think rightly, perhaps, that he can go to Andrew Barry or Jimmy Haslam or whomever and say, I really want to do this, and it's important to me that I be able to do this.
1: Yeah, and if they can't get on the same page about that, that speaks to larger exactly. uh, issues at hand. So exactly. I think we have answered this in a way that says, yes, they have done enough, whether that's through the natural group that they had last year, bringing them back or acquiring some few pieces. They still have to go. I still think they have to add a running back. Now, I don't want it to – I will be – let me put it this way. There are certain guys that they could bring in that I would be really bummed that they Mm. brought them in uh, Mm. because I do think Jerome Ford has something that I want to see that, like, mature in an NFL field. But uh, there's still little pieces to this to be done. Uh, We talk about defensive tackle and running back. uh, So we're not – this isn't, like, a complete offensive picture yet, but it could be it could be it. They could really like like John Kelly and he's your third back and that's it. We're going to go with it or let the him and Hassan Hall fight it out in the preseason. I don't know. That could be it. Mm-hmm. That's dicey, but that could be the route that they choose to go. So, so we'll see. But moral of the story is we think there is enough, enough here to do it. They've added enough to, to make it better. And by natural design of like Deshaun Watson spending all of his time in Cleveland since November, and exposure to the coaches and the play structure and how they're doing things. And he's living in Berea, essentially from what I gather, the Cleveland area, like uh, outside of this Puerto Rico trip, of course, like they're, (laughs) they they seem to be doing all the right things and saying all the right things to point us in this direction uh, that they're, they're going to be different uh, than Kevin's been in his tenure offensively. And that they have still, like we said, added little pieces, Elijah Moore, uh, Tillman, Jordan Aikens, depth at tackle with Dewan Jones. Like they have done things that should evoke confidence. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, moral of the story and the answer to the pod's question in the title is yes. I'll leave it at that. Any closing words, Andrew?
2: i um, no, I mean, I think that really sums it up, Jake. I, you know, um, I, I guess I would just, I, I know I'm a little defensive about this, but I, you know, I, I have seen people say like, you know, you're, you're too negative on Stefanski and, and all these sorts of things. And, and I, I I really just am trying to put it realistically, right? Like, I I think that the the path forward, if things don't click this year, is 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 that. And you know, I I think my my hope, I mean, sitting here right now, May May seventeenth, May eighteenth, my hope is that the the uh that is it works, right? Because I think Kevin mm-hmm. Stefanski is a good head coach, and I think he deserves this chance to get this right this year. And I think he can do it. I really think I, I have all the confidence yeah, in the world that he can do it. I, my question is more about like sort of willingness and, and motivation and that sort of stuff. But I I would I would love I mean to, to the, the kind of the thing we've been saying, I would love for for September 10th or whatever it is to roll around and us to be sitting down watching the Cincinnati game and be like, oh this is different.
0: Yeah. He yeah, he
2: he did the damn thing. Day. It's it's we're it's a it's a different it's a new day because I think that would lead to a lot of success for the Browns this year and I think it would re- really v- validate what we think Kevin Stefanski can be which is like a top 10 head coach in the league. This this franchise's
1: fan base needs this team to be really good in the exactly. worst way. Exactly. They need the offense to be exciting. They need something. It's just such a pivotal year. We've se- mm-hmm. we say it all the time and I think sometimes we throw that around so loosely, but like yeah. it is an unbelievably important year because this could look again this podcast is negative outcome friendly which sounds stupid to say but some places <laughs> you will listen to are all brown and orange glasses and never talk about the negative yeah, i do a right. entire podcast devoted to things that could go wrong Why largely because up? this is a brown's podcast and that's always a very possible outcome <laughs> but it's it's the nature of the NFL. I see people down in Tampa Bay tweeting out excited about QB one Baker Mayfield. pick. It's just the way it goes. Like you want to be as optimistic as possible, but you have to also examine for balanced analysis, the bad of outcome, the bad outcome that could happen for any decision, whether that process right. was good or bad, there could still be a bad result. And what does that bad result look like? And with that bad result, what consequences come from it? And this year more than ever, uh, for Kevin, if a if an offense has a bad result, the offense has a bad result. Those consequences will be pretty severe, and will take the franchise in a completely different direction from a leadership perspective, and uh, that would suck. We'll leave it at that. We don't. Uh, hopefully, we're not we're ending on a little bit of a sour tangent there, but I think we laid out a lot of optimism uh, earlier. Yeah. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. Hell, we didn't know what we were going to talk about, when we went 45 minutes here of what I think is some some good Browns offense discourse. So I appreciate your insight, Andrew. You know this, man. Thanks for hanging out.
2: Man, it's always a pleasure. That was this was a fun one.
1: It was a fun one. That's it for today, guys. Check in with us on Friday. Don't know what the pot will be about. Maybe we'll decide five minutes before time, but uh it'll be here. It'll be delivered to you. Maybe we'll get into some more of what I liked and didn't like about Dewan Jones and try to have another guest on. But we thank Andrew for coming on a couple times this week. Thank Jordan Zern for coming on yesterday. And uh like I said maybe catch up with John Colosimo a little later in the week. We'll see. We'll see what the wind takes us. But for now, thanks for stopping by. I appreciate you being here. Check out the OBR website for everything. Cleveland Browns. You need any type of coverage in that Nick Chubb article, which will be out uh, as well. So check that out uh, now today when you're, when you're going to the website and then also um, please review and rate the pod. I said it before. I say it again. I don't want to beg. You can review it however you want, uh, but it does help people find the show. So I always appreciate you guys taking time and a lot of you have, and I'm saying thank you to so many of you. Like I started saying this like a month ago, and there have been a ton of you who have done that, and I, I really, really appreciate it. And I've gotten some really thorough responses about. It. Even I had one, the other day, uh, talk about you know me cutting people off who I have on the pod. I suck at that. I'm terrible. I'm a solo podcast host. I'm trying my best. Sometimes I got long winded things to say, and I interject. I'm getting better. Andrew gives me feedback notes every time. I <laughs> I'm, I'm a work in progress. I hope you guys are bearing with me a little bit. I just my brain is scrambled rating the tape like uh, i'm doing my best here but i know i really appreciate any feedback even if it's not uh a great feedback I, I appreciate any of it but just rate and review is uh the best way to go to help people find this spot so thanks again thanks to andrew thanks to you for being here have a great day go browns